0: Bye. Hey everybody, thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of Coming Up In My Sneakers. Today we have Alessia Monastero, and she is the founder of Rumble Magazine, which is a really cool art-inspired magazine uh, in the city of Toronto, but I believe it's digital. Uh, She's gonna tell us more about that. And there's music, fashion, art, um, law, there's like everything in this magazine. It's very, Mm -hmm. very cool. Uh, Welcome, Alessia. (laughs) Thank you, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no, thanks for coming. Um, I was, like, trying to go into... Because, I, obviously, I know a little bit about the magazine. But I'm, like... As I'm listing off everything that's in it, I'm, like... I just want to let her tell yeah. us. Because I really actually truly don't know yeah <laughs> um, but that's I want to rewind from there and uh, let's start off with like you know where you were born and sort of how you grew up and stuff so where were you born
1: yeah so I am I was born and I live in Vaughan in Woodbridge so just uh, a bit north of Toronto here um, and I grew up there and I've lived there my whole life I went to school there um, and I currently work in Toronto so I spend a lot of my time in the city and meeting various creators and on entrepreneurs, and just immersing myself in the various creative scenes in Toronto, which is amazing. Um, and yeah, so that's that's a bit about where I'm from. Um, I definitely think, you know, like I, I live with my family and I'm really close to my family. Um, so in Woodbridge, that's really impacted kind of um, just my my interests and um, having like a close-knit community um, has really allowed me to really grow and and develop into the areas that I'm interested in Um, so I went to school I went to business school for my undergrad um, and I just completed law school Um, yeah thank you and I definitely wouldn't have been able to do it without my family so I'm super grateful for um, the community that I'm in but I do do love the city Um, and so now that I'm working down here I'm working at a law firm Um, I work um, with intellectual property. So trademarks, copyright, patents, um, and technology. Interesting. Yeah, so it really like lends itself well with all my other interests in uh, yeah. fashion and the arts. Um, and that's just something that I've always been interested in doing, like trying to combine both my academics as well as um, like my general interests outside of that. Um, and that's really where kind of Rumble came about, me trying to merge. Um, like, the
0: best of both worlds. That's amazing. Okay, so I want to rewind a little bit for a sec. Um, So you already said that you have, like, a really tight family and everything. Growing up, were you, first of all, do you have siblings? Yeah, I have a younger sister. Okay, so two (laughs) girls. Um, Were, did you sort of, like, express all of these interests at a young age, or, like, how, what type of kid were you?
1: Yeah, so I'm definitely more on the quiet side, um, even growing up. Uh, but I definitely think that I was always more on the creative side. So growing up, even when I would just make my parents cards or even still now, like when I get my sister a gift for her birthday, um, like I do just the most creative things sometimes and they kind of always have seen that. Um, so I've always kind of had that. Um, interest and aside to me like I, my mom enrolled me in dance class too and music classes oh, okay so I did dance I did music I, I taught music for a while while in um, undergrad and while in law school as well oh nice what type of music um, so piano oh. so I play the piano and I taught it to kids which was really fun and super different than what I was used to because I did the whole business school thing um, and law school which are more um, it's just a completely different environment when you work in an office versus working in like a music studio and teaching kids and mm-hmm. um, so yeah i mean i've always um kind of had that more creative side and my family has always encouraged it um but also i've been a huge bookworm like just yesterday night by choice right oh yeah by choice okay (laughs) last night i was actually googling like copyright like lawsuits or trademark lawsuits in bed and my sister comes into my room and she goes, what are you doing? Like, those one in the morning. And she goes, why are you reading that right now? Like, you're nuts. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I've always been a bookworm. <laughs> you know what, though? I can totally relate to that because I, I've never been traditionally a bookworm. Like, I, I hated being forced to learn different things. But, yeah. like, I get so interested in the weirdest stuff. Oh, yeah. And then I'll go the down, like, a rabbit hole in Google and you're just, like, searching stuff. Oh, and I know. It's interesting.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm the exact same way. Like, I could spend literally hours on a website just reading certain things. Yeah. Yeah. And then I look at the time and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh, it has been a while. Yeah. And I've read like 10 of the same type of articles. I
0: just <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay. And so then when you were in high school, I love to ask this question to people because um, I always get like varying interesting answers. But were your parents sort of like pushing you to go to university or did you just always think to yourself like, I'm in high school now. So like I have to go to university after.
1: Um, I always knew I wanted to be a lawyer. So like from oh, high from school. From what age? Um, I would say within high school, I had a a law professor, a law teacher, um, and she was really awesome, and she just really kind of, she taught this course in such a way that I really, really wanted to learn more, and so I would say since, like, grade 10, I think was when I took my first law course, um, in high school, um, and I knew I wanted to go into law school, so, um... Yeah, no, they never
0: pushed me what at was, all. was, sorry, what was the, the like, you were just interested in law, or, like, what was, like, the actual hook that you were, like, no, I need to be a lawyer?
1: I don't know. I think it's maybe just helping people. Um, I mean, in high school, when they teach you law, like, they don't get into, it's, like, a very, pr- like, preliminary course. Like, Yeah, kind of I think you. I took it, too. Yeah, like, right? Like, I learned nothing. And so I think what really <laughs> hooked me was, like, they, like, they really got into, like, criminal law, because that's, I like, guess, what everyone's interested in, and it's more, like, in the news. Yeah. Um... But, I mean, I knew I, I would never be suited for being a criminal lawyer. Um, that's just not for me. So I didn't know what type of law I wanted to get into from high school. Um, I just knew I wanted to go to, into law school. Um, and then throughout undergrad is when I like, developed my interests in intellectual property and branding and fashion. Um, and that kind of lended well into law Nice.
0: Yeah. So you graduated from high school and um, you just like automatically knew you were like, hey, I'm going to apply for university and it's going to be law.
1: Yeah. Happens? So I actually tried when I went to like, I guess it was a high school university fair or something. Um, when I went to that, I actually went and I spoke to Osgoode, which is a law school I went to. And I was like, hey, um, like I want to go to law school. Can I apply now? They were like, you can, but you need an undergrad. We would, like, highly recommend you go and get an <laughs> sure, undergrad. Sure, but, like, give you four years like, of you years. can, but, like, 1% of students get in this way. Go get an undergrad. And um, so I did. And I applied. Like, I had no intentions of going to business school. Like, my original plan was I love the city, right? So I wanted to just be at U of T um, studying whatever. I didn't care. I just wanted to be in the city. And... Um, but the way it's funny, the way it worked out, because I went to this university's fair and I spoke to Osgood, and right beside Osgood was the Schulich booth because they're both programs at York, um, and so then while I was speaking to the Osgood representative, I guess my dad was speaking to the Schulich representative, and he's like, hey, Alessia, you should apply to Schulich, like it's a really great business school. And I was like, "Oh, okay, fine." So, like, I applied to Schulich, like thinking nothing of it, because mm-hmm. I was like, "I've never thought of business." Um, like, I thought I was always going to do a general bachelor of arts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I applied, and I got in, and a bunch of my girlfriends got in, and then I mean, it's so hard because when you're young, you don't know what you want to do. Yeah. And when I, when people ask me, "Oh, why did you go to Schulich?" I I honestly can't give them like a specific answer. Like <laughs> I remember getting in, and I remember a bunch of my friends got in, and um, it was a, it's a fantastic program. And after going through it, like there's no other program I would have wanted to go through. And to, I think
0: it's rated on like the top universities in the world. Yeah, she, like. no, it's like, such like, it's a fantastic better program. Better than Harvard, I hear the. Education
1: <laughs> <is>. <laughs> um, but. I honestly don't think I would have, like, the entrepreneurial spirit or do be doing anything in terms of, like, Rumble or any other of my past endeavors if it wasn't for going to Schulich. Um So it's really funny that it worked out that way because, really, one of the main reasons I applied was because it was next to the Osgoode booth, and I just wanted to go to law <laughs> school right away. Um, but, yeah, so that's how Amazing. that worked out.
0: Okay that's so cool. And so you did your undergrad in business and then you went to law school after. So that's like like double header of like perfection I would think to like yeah. for success of like, you know, starting a business or something because a lot yeah. of people have the business background but not the law background yeah. or vice versa. So yeah. that's amazing that you have both. And then okay, so you did um, what did you do like directly, or where did you go for your undergrad? York, you said, right? Obviously, yeah, yeah so she okay. looks at York. Oh, yeah, yeah, she yeah. Looks good. okay. Um, so then you graduated from there, and like, what was the first thing? Like, I feel like nobody ever. People are like, now what? Like, did you know what to do right after you graduated university
1: from undergrad? Yeah. Um, well, from undergrad, I went to law school right away. Oh, you went right so away. You did Yeah, no, I didn't wait or anything. I applied in my third or fourth year of undergrad, um, and then I got in, and I just went straight away. So, yeah, I graduated oh, in 2016, had, like, two months off from York, and went back to York again oh my um, gosh. in September.
0: And yeah. are you working in stuff and, like, doing things on the side during all of this? Um, yeah, during undergrad, I mean, I always get involved in my
1: school communities, um... During undergrad, I even just generally, like, working um, at the music school I worked at in Vaughan. Um, I did that throughout undergrad and throughout law school. Um, and I just always tried to get involved. Like, I volunteered with lots of, like, fashion shows that were part of the school. Um, I also, like, started up my own fashion law club at Osgood. Mm. Yeah, so it's, like, the first of its kind. So that's awesome. That so is. that in itself is definitely, I would say, even more
0: Um commitment than a part-time job. Okay take me through that like what made you just say hey I want to do like because nobody even thinks of like fashion and law together yeah. they're so like juxtapositioning yeah. one another if that's the correct <laughs> grammar but so tell me about starting
1: that. Yeah so I mean while I was going through undergrad while I was studying business I ended up going the marketing route um so I learned a lot about marketing the branding of businesses and in all of my marketing courses, like Shulik was great because they had so many different areas that you could look into. So, for example, um, like I took an entertainment marketing course, I took a sports and leisure marketing, uh, retail marketing. And there was always a part of the course that talked about the legalities of marketing or branding uh, your product or your company. Um, and that's what really like, caught my interest in all my branding courses. Um, So from undergrad, that's when I actually started looking into the various areas of like intellectual property, branding, trademarking. And um, I have an interest in fashion and music. And so it just lended itself together really well um, because like on the trademarks or the branding side, there's so much that happens in the fashion industry. Like there's Mm -hmm. so many counterfeit products, um, both with respect to like startup designers in Toronto, getting their designs ripped off by like fashion retailers like H&M or Zara. Um, And then there's also like... Um, high fashion retailers like Louis Vuitton that have so many counterfeit products Mm -hmm. that are being sold, right? So that's all along the lines of like branding and trademark law. Um, And so that's something that I was just immediately interested in. Um, So I would definitely say that my undergrad in business helped kind of pave the way for that. Um, And then when I went to law school, um, I did volunteer for a few um, fashion shows during undergrad. So I got to law school and I was just, I guess, I was excited to be there um, and I was looking into ways that I could get involved in the community and the program has so many like fantastic clubs but they didn't have any clubs and I mean it's so specific so obviously they wouldn't yet um, but they didn't have any like fashion law clubs or they had an entertainment club but it didn't really focus on fashion that much Um, so I thought why not just start it up
0: (laughs) so I decided to to ratify the club in my first year. And what is, like, step one for that? I just want to get really into it because I feel like yeah. of people have these ideas and they just do not know how it's to even to do actually
1: it. go through with it. Yeah, no, it was definitely a bit tricky. Like, it took about
0: six months to actually ratify, I would say.
1: So, like, for example, the way it worked at York is um, you had to get, um, like, I think it was 20 or 30 students' names that would show, like, some type of interest in the club. And then once you got their permission and you got their information, uh, you sent it over to um, – a coordinator who took care of everything, um, and basically you had to send them over. Like you had to make um, like various documents, like a constitution for your club, like rules that your club has to follow that have to be updated every year, um, and you had to get that all passed by the school. So, it did take, I think, about six months to actually get it up and running. And then, after you actually get the go ahead, um, you have to actually go and create like the executive committee, which is hard too, because you have to find people <laughs> who basically want to help with everything. Um, and one of the main focuses of the Osgood Fashion Law Society was to put on a charity fashion show at the end of the year. Um, and fashion shows are like, there's so much going on in shows, oh my right? God, yeah. So, you need like a good group of people to help produce it properly and, and put everything in order. Um, and me being in my first year, it's hard when you're in your first year because you, know, you create this new club, but there's so many other students who have been in law school for a while and aren't familiar with it. So I would say like the first year, of running the club was a bit more difficult than the second and third year. Because by the time I was especially in my third year, a lot more people had known about it because there was a lot more incoming students rather than Mm -hmm. students that were older than me. Um, So by my third year, when we produced our second fashion show, I think it was definitely a great turnout. And, like, I know now – like the two presidents of the club who were my VPs last year are running it and they're
0: doing a great job oh and I'm God. just so excited that it's still continuing on after I graduated yeah that's amazing yeah. that's such an accomplishment and what was the, uh, what was the fashion show for again I, I know that I was like um supposed to be involved in it briefly and, and then I wasn't able to at the last minute. Yeah, but tell yeah. me about the fashion show and what was um, the charity and all that
1: yeah so um it was justice for children and youth um one year and then another year we try to change it up every year um but it's always like a, a legal fund or something that relates to law so one year it was for children um last year it was like the women's legal fund so it was for um uh female lawyers in the in the area um so it changes every year and we do try to we donate all our funds to the charity um which is great um, because there's not also a lot of Um, charity events at the law school so being able to put something on that's a bit bigger that has all the law students come together too and and create that kind of
0: community is really great Mm -hmm. that's amazing and the fact that it's still going is like unbelievable I love that yeah yeah and are you involved at all anymore or I told them
1: that I will come to any meeting and any event and to invite me to everything because I definitely miss um taking part of it so yeah I am still involved um I call myself the external advisor. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's my role in the club right now. They kind of, like, I still have, like, a lot of, because I started it, a lot of, like, the original documents, like, the um, any type of budget or anything, like, I have or, like, I still give guidance on um, because it's hard to kind of continue running a club and being, you know, president or the creator of a club and keeping it running throughout the year is sometimes difficult. Um, so, yeah, I'm always happy to kind of give my input and and all that I would yeah
0: I absolutely am still nice. love to be involved <laughs> okay so can we pretty much call that like entrepreneurial like number one like entrepreneurial yeah. um, sort of endeavor I should call it number one yeah that was yeah that I think I started that around because that's like same a, almost time. like a business essentially yeah no it is
1: yeah. yeah absolutely like I mean and the fashion show isn't the only thing we put on like we put on like um legal panels throughout the year so it was like Last year, we had a fantastic panel. We actually had, like, a designer, a content creator, and, like, two lawyers come and speak. And they actually just kind of chatted with each other. And you were able, the people who were in the audience were able to hear the different, um, like, issues creators or, like, designers had. And then the lawyers were able to kind of address those issues and, like, speak to why they happen in the industry or, like, oh, things that's so to avoid. Oh, so interesting. Yeah, so it was definitely different. Um, so it wasn't just the show. It's, like, a lot of different small events we did throughout the year, too. So, yeah, no, it was definitely a big, um task but it was honestly like one of my favorite experiences throughout law school
0: being able to produce those shows um so yeah it was great <laughs> nice and sorry uh you were gonna say and simultaneously you're, you're doing something else or like was it afterwards <laughs> yeah
1: it was so I guess when I started law school I just really wanted to like dive into fashion law like right away nice. um and because it wasn't like Osgo has so many fantastic programs and they have like an IP program which I did throughout my schooling and it, it was the great. Program? So it was the intellectual property oh, and technology right, right, right. program okay. and like I did an internship through it and it was great. Um but in terms of like fashion law, fashion law isn't an area of law. Like it just it's the various legal issues that cover the fashion industry. Um where I like to focus and look into like intellectual property. Um so when you go to school, they don't have a fashion law course. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just try to get all my experience in the area of fashion and the law through like extracurriculars. So while I started the club, I also started Unprecedently Chic
0: Mm -hmm. um, with a
1: friend. And that was, I guess, the second or simultaneously the first thing I did with the Fashion Law Society. Um, And it was an online um, fashion law blog. So we would blog about fashion, like things happening in the fashion industry more generally. We would blog about the legal issues happening in the fashion industry and our audience was always to people who weren't in law school or weren't legal professionals so everyone could kind of understand the language and know Lehman, what's going Lehman's on. Lehman's terms. Yeah. Is yeah, Lehman's Lehman's terms, terms. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to get the word out about because there's so many things that happen in the fashion industry that are either like outright illegal or just yeah. exceptionally unethical.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so being able to have a platform to discuss those issues... Um, was really fantastic and really kind of allowed me to get both my creative side out but also let me learn so much about the legal issues
0: that happen in the fashion industry right so that's insane like how are you sleeping and even getting (laughs) like I know people that that went through law school and that's all they did like they didn't work they didn't have a blog they didn't have a a club like how were you doing all of this it was definitely a
1: lot like, I generally need to keep busy. Um, that's just me. Like, if I don't have enough work on my plate, I just feel inefficient and, like, I'm not doing anything. i um, <laughs> Yeah, like, I always have to keep busy. Um, and so it was a lot. And I would say, like, at the beginning or at certain times of the year, especially, like, when I had, um, like, my final exams, there was um, a lot going on. And it would sometimes be overwhelming, but I feel like with every... Um, everyone's, like, entrepreneurial journey. There's always times where you feel exceptionally overwhelmed. Like, that's just something. That's just part of the journey. Um, But I would say, like, for the club at least, I had, like, such a great team that worked with us throughout the three years um, that it was, if if I was overwhelmed with something or couldn't handle a specific task, there was another 13 students who Mm, had the availability to help. Um, So I would definitely say having a great team to work with is always super um super helpful when you're taking on or juggling lots of hats or taking on multiple tasks um but i also just loved doing it so for me it didn't really feel like work Mm -hmm. um so even like on my downtime i would just like research articles and write about it on the blog and for me i didn't really consider that to be work
0: yeah you're enjoying it Mm -hmm. um shoot I was just gonna ask you something and now I forget uh oh uh, so at this point are you sort of feel feeling like maybe you might do something entrepreneurial in law like was your goal to have your own law practice or did you want to work for somebody else or had you not even thought about that yet
1: Um, I mean, I'm not really sure. I really love, like I'm articling right now, and I love the environment and where I'm at. Um, So as of right now, I definitely like working at a law firm with a bunch of different lawyers and being able to learn um, and get various skills from them. Um, Maybe one day in the future, I will apply my entrepreneurial skills um, within law. Um, But yeah, for right now, I don't think I would um kind of start my own practice separately. Like I would love to, to work with like clients that I'm able to meet through like rumble or fashion shows or various creative events in the city. Um and that's how I think I would merge the interests in terms of like the clientele and the types of areas of law or intellectual
0: property law I would help them with. Okay. Yeah. Um okay so then after so unprecedented chic uh is no longer right or did someone else take it over?
1: Uh no, right now it's just hanging out on Instagram so okay. we haven't closed it down or anything um but we um kind of like I personally what I loved about unprecedentedly Chic was I loved writing about um law and fashion and and lots of the creative industries um but what I really really loved was the people I met through the blog like, that's how I met you right mm-hmm. With yeah like yeah crown and pride right yeah. so yeah. that's a little fun fact um mm-hmm. but so um, I my, love my previous business for people. <laughs> um, I loved kind of the people I was meeting. And I mean, um, like I put together a lot of like shoots or, or different like creative projects through Unprecedentedly Chic. And it came to a point where I didn't really know if what we were doing through Unprecedented Chic really like made that much sense anymore, especially when I finished law school, because, um, like I started up my own personal website where I blog specifically about fashion, music, creative industries, and the law. Um, so I had that kind of happening on the side on my own personal website where people can visit if they wanted to know about the law. And I felt like on the creative side, I didn't know if, because unprecedentedly Sheep, we had branded it so well. So many people knew about it yeah. as a fashion law blog. And so when we would, when we started doing things like um, interviews with entrepreneurs or shoots with like certain creatives or fashion designers, it wasn't received as well. Um, just because people were so used to it being like, blog about like louis vuitton having a counterfeit product out on the market Mm -hmm. um so like that's why initially like initially i thought of the idea of rumble because i thought it was great to have a platform that kind of you're able to write and express and, and and speak to certain areas um but i also really really wanted to create not just a platform and a blog but like a community and a space and something that was more than just writing or pictures. Um and because we had branded unprecedentedly chic in away, it was hard to kind of evolve it, evolve it. Um so I just ended up starting Rumble. <laughs> I mean that's
0: the most perfect segue ever because I definitely want to hear about this. Yeah. So Did you like wake up in the morning and you're like, I'm going to start a magazine or like? (laughs) It was honestly,
1: it was because what happened was we were still writing on Unprecedently Chic. um, And then initially Rumble Magazine, I had called and I actually had like I worked with a graphic designer and we had created logos and done like a bunch of work for the website. And it was originally called, I wanted to just call it Rumble but there's so many different than me because, like, trademarks. I was like, hey, I'm not going to be able to trademark Rumble. It's already yeah. a trademark. There's, like, Rumble, like, boxing. Everything. There's Rumble everything. So I'm like, <laughs> I can't just call it Rumble. Um, so I thought of that right away. So I guess, like, my legal background did help me in terms of entrepreneurialism. Um, but so initially it was Rumble Consulting. So I just couldn't find a word after it that made it make sense because I didn't want it to be like it's Rumble magazine, but I would say it's a lot more than like a magazine um, because we do um, like monthly creative projects or um, editorials, um, but there's just so much more than just the magazine portion of it, mm-hmm. um, which is why I often just refer to it as Rumble. Um so, like, it's very interactive. Even
0: you do, like, weekly music, um yeah. like, new release stuff. Yeah,
1: so it's, like, a, a modern magazine, which is basically, like, a lot of it's online. It's an online platform. Um We're working on creating our first print magazine. I'll put Ooh. that in air quotes because I think, like, just we have a bunch of people working together. And just the ideas behind the magazine, I think, are a bit more, they're a bit different and more unconventional than, like, your traditional magazine that you would pick up Um in stores um so we're working on creating our first print but we've released a few like digital editorials that are all on our
0: website um but that's just like one part of rumble so like okay so sorry i want to just ask you so if someone were to say if if someone were to tell you like uh categorize rumble right now is it fashion is it art is it music is it oh my god no i can't (laughs) (laughs) it's everything it's for the modern creative entrepreneur okay so i think
1: that just because the way I see it is, there's so many people who have started up so many different, um, so many different like ventures or businesses or brands, and they don't just fall into one space. Like it's true, right? Like even if you think of a lot of fashion designers, a lot of like a huge, huge trend now, and it's a fantastic trend, is like ethical fashion, mm-hmm. right? So there's so many like startup Toronto-based um, designers or brands that I know that I've met through Rumble, um, that their goal is not just to, you know, create great products that look great on people, but it's also to kind of have that platform to speak to various like, um, environmental or ethical issues within the fashion industry. So it's so much more than just a brand, right? Um, so I just found so many people I was, I was speaking with, they, they didn't categorize ourselves in one specific area um and so that's why with rumble we kind of try to focus on like everything like
0: like so creativeness yeah science? any
1: type of creativity um and entrepreneurialism um we focus on and it's it's a canadian like the, the purpose of rumble is to showcase canadian talent and right. create a, creative um canadian innovation um so everyone we feature on the site whether it's on our website on our platform anything we post is about a Canadian creative. We do focus a lot on like startups um, or people who are just starting in the industry um, because that's where we really wanna like allow individuals to find a voice and a platform to share their experiences or just their work generally.
0: Okay, cool. So if uh, there are people that are listening that want to start a magazine, like what is step one? Do you like buy the domain or like how did you go about doing it? So yeah, honestly, I can't even remember. Like I think the first step is to have
1: a good understanding of what you want to do. Because like I said, originally I had called it Rumble Consulting and I knew I didn't want to do like a consult. Like I knew I wanted it to be a platform that gave information or allowed people to kind of learn or, or help develop their creativity or business um and so it wasn't really consulting and so i think a lot of the first steps are to actually know what you want to do and what you want to get at um because i spent about i would say like eight months just trying to figure out what i wanted to do with rumble and how i was going to actually merge everything that was happening in my head because i knew i wanted to do like small creative projects because i love to do that i love working with photographers makeup artists stylists designers and putting together something great Um, But then I also knew with my legal background, I wanted Rumble to be able to provide more than just an open space for creatives to meet or to like... Um, like see what everyone else is doing. I wanted them to be able to actually get something else out of it, which is why if you go on Rumble, we actually do like speak to and we interview alongside our creatives, um, lawyers in the area. So lawyers who are, are, they work with fashion clients or they work with intellectual property or they work on business matters and they're able to provide like resources or information on certain topics that a lot of creators and entrepreneurs may not think of. Right. Mm-hmm. So even if you read through like a quick blog post, you may think, oh, like that's something interesting. Like, oh, I should register. I should like make sure the name I'm using isn't already trademarked. Like, yeah, I should do that. <laughs> so um, that's kind of how I, I envisioned it. And it took a, like it took a few months to figure that out. So I would say definitely know um, what your position is and, and how you want to actually enter um, the space And then once you 100% know that that's what you wanna do, um, yeah, I I worked on, I created the website by myself. Um, I kept it really under wraps for about like a year, I would say I was working on it and I didn't really tell anybody other than my friends. Um, I opened up an Instagram page right away, I think before I actually, yeah, definitely before I actually um, uh, released or made the website live. Um, Just because I wanted, you wanna always like gain, traction and i Mm -hmm. always find social media such a great way to actually connect with people and to get your word out there um so i would say be active on social like get the domain name and make sure you have that all um but be active on social before you go live so that when you do go live you're able to share it on your platform as well um and it's able to just gain like a larger
0: audience to see your your site okay And so how long have you been um, doing Rumble for now? Like a year? Um, So it was under wraps for
1: a year. So it was in the process of being created for about a year. And we launched it last November. So yeah,
0: almost a year that it's been live. Oh my God. It feels like so much longer, but then at the same time, so much happens in a year. It's amazing. And you... Okay, tell me about some of the stuff that you've featured on it. Or like how... Because you're so organized. and Even... (laughs) Okay, I obviously know you personally. But like, even if I didn't know you, just in the way that you like, that your website is, like, or your magazine is, like, laid yeah. out and, like, your Instagram and how you drop everything and how you, like, do your Instagram stories. Like, it's very, very organized. Um And I think people struggle with that a lot. Mm-hmm. So how did you even like during this year that it was under wraps were you organizing all of that like in advance and you were saying like mondays i'm going to focus on music Uh then i'm going to do this like can you tell me a bit about that
1: yeah so that was definitely all in the planning process before we went live like i brainstormed what i wanted to do and i mean it's always good like if you're focused my focus was to gain traction and an audience on social just because for the type of platform that we were it was an online digital magazine um a digital platform and so i knew that Actually being active on social and getting people to know us through that platform um, Was one of my main goals and so I knew like I mean I like I said I did marketing in my undergrad So mm-hmm. I just picked up things that I knew or I learned um, And I knew that like branding is and I'm pretty sure every entrepreneur knows that like branding themselves Online like actually branding themselves but also your online presence is like exceptionally important um, and so I knew because I wanted to focus on various different Canadian creative industries and it, it may be difficult to do so because a lot of times when you enter an industry you want to say okay I'm in music I'm in fashion so people know what you're doing they can place you yeah. exactly right so that was one of my biggest fears with rumble I started it up and I thought okay so my thing is that it's all Canadian creativity that we're featuring and um, but that's still so broad, mm-hmm. right? So even when I started Rumble, I was like, should it be Canadian or should it be Toronto? Should I only focus on Toronto mm-hmm. entrepreneurs? Because that would narrow it down. People would be able to place us more, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that's something I also had to debate between. And I ended up choosing Canadian at large because there, I just knew so many creators that were outside of Toronto as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like Toronto's great. It has a great creative community and hub. But there are so many fantastic like modern entrepreneurs outside of the city mm-hmm. as well. Um, so I decided to keep it more broad um, and to cover lots of industries. So I thought, well, that's like a lot. <laughs> that's a mm-hmm. lot to cover. Um, so I thought one of the best ways to kind of um, focus in on various industries was to brand it in a way where there was Music Mondays where we featured like five Canadian artists or bands um, every Monday or Fashion Fridays where we feature three Canadian um, designers. So these things were already planned. They were already planned. And you
0: have not deviated from these things.
1: No. I mean, there's some weeks where we don't. Um, get out like certain campaigns just because it's a busy week or it's a holiday um, so we choose not to just because with holidays you don't want to overwhelm your audience um, something else we do is Women Wednesdays oh. and that is definitely one of my favorite campaigns nice. um, so we feature like a female entrepreneur every Wednesday and they actually do a Instagram takeover on our stories
0: oh yeah I th- you, you did, did it one you. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I think <laughs> when you guys oh my god I have the worst memory yeah, this no, was a like, while ago did you did it like launched. you were one of our first That's female right. creators and entrepreneurs oh, that yeah. took over? over yeah
1: Yeah, so that's one of my favorite um just because i mean being a woman in both the like creative industries as well as in law um it's sometimes hard like depending on what industry you're looking at but it's sometimes hard um if it's male dominated to actually get your voice out there Mm um so having a platform that you know, addressed all Canadians, but also had a little special special day and special kind of campaign for women in the industry, um, I thought was really important. Um, and it's absolutely one of my favorite campaigns because you're actually able to see um, what the female like entrepreneur or creator does um, on their day. Like they do a full takeover the whole day. Um, and I mean, people love it. Like people reach out and they're like, oh my God, like, that's so cool. Like I, I love this concept of featuring women. Um, I learned so much just from like going through your feet today. Um, so it's really great.
0: Nice. Yeah. So what happens on Tuesdays and Thursdays then? Cause you have Monday, Wednesday and I Friday know, covered.
1: I know. Or is it, or
0: does it like switch? It's always Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Tuesdays and Thursdays,
1: I did, like, I mean, as much as stuff was planned beforehand, you always experiment a bit, and you always yeah. change things up. Like, when I launched the magazine last November, it was a completely different look, and that was the look that I had for about, like, eight months that I've been working on, and then it launched, and then after a month, I think in December, like, around Christmas time, I changed it, and <laughs> that, that's what it is right now. It's been like that for about, for the rest of the time that it's been live, Um just because like you find after you actually launch something or have something go live the way people interact with it may not be as you expect it and you have Mm -hmm. to you always have to modify you can plan as much as you want beforehand but you always have to modify what you're doing
0: yeah Um, i feel like the
1: project itself takes its own shape too. oh yeah absolutely so like originally on tuesdays and thursdays we did tip tuesdays or tip thursdays so we would put out something more on the business or marketing or branding or legal side of it like giving everyone a tip um we don't do that right now just because i found that didn't actually
0: um resonate with our audience as much as all the like other campaigns did and sorry how are you measuring this just by feedback and people messaging you um
1: i measure um i honestly just use um the instagram analytics Oh, okay um so i use that on the actual platform um We run through Squarespace, so they actually have, like, a pretty good analytics area as well, Mm -hmm. um, where I'm actually able to monitor that. Um, But, I mean, social, it's great to monitor on social, and since that's, like, one of my goals to get an audience through there, um, it's important to. Um, But I've had so many people even come to me just say, oh, I've heard of Rumble, like just through word of mouth. Right. Oh, nice. like so. And it was so funny, like one or two creators who run like a really, really cool um, company. um, They reached out to us and said, oh, we heard of you through so and so like we'd love to kind of be featured on your site and I was like oh that's cool but like I don't know that person that turns out like that person heard of rumble through like a different person who mm. like saw rumble feature their friend so there was just so much nice. word of mouth um and so I think that's actually one of my favorite things. When people are like, "Oh yeah," like I talk about Rumble, like "Oh yeah," I've heard of Rumble,
0: and you're like, and I'm How? like, "Oh!"
1: <laughs> Especially at the beginning, we were live for about a month, and people are like, "Yeah, I heard." And you know what? The thing is, Rumble is such a common name too, so people could have been like, "Oh yeah, Rumble sounds familiar." But
0: in the fashion industry, I would in, in, in the fashion industry in in Toronto, I would say. It's not like it's, yeah, no, I, I know never yours, heard like, of it. Rumble boxing, fine, but like, yeah. like I, I know people have used the word before, but like specifically to what you're doing, specifically in this city, I would say that there's, it's not like there's yeah. like a thousand different.
1: No, there's not because I checked before I started. I was <laughs> like, there can't be another I'm, Rumble magazine. I believe you did, <laughs> I'm sure you did. Um, so yeah, but people were familiar with the name and the brand, and that was really cool to hear that because I mean, especially at the beginning, I didn't think like as much as I wanted to create the community and the platform online. I wasn't expecting it to just like overnight be common knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've definitely like been growing. Um, and it's, I don't know, I think it's just really, really great the amount of people we're actually able to interact with and work with. Um, it's been like a really great journey the past 10 ish months. But nice. it's been a
0: Yeah. Wait, what month are we in? No, we're almost up, up to a year. Oh, I guess 10 months. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, 10, oh, 11, 11. 11 yeah. uh, almost 11, Almost yeah. 11. It's the end yeah. of the month. Um, that's amazing. And and where do you want to... Okay, so you're articling right now and then you mm-hmm. have Rumble. Uh, are those your two main things or do you have anything else going on?
1: Right now, no. Those are my two main things. And where do you want
0: to bring the magazine? Like, what are your plans for it?
1: Um, I want the magazine to be something... Like, I want it to continue to grow, but I do want it to be something that, um, like I said, is, you know, like something that people are familiar with. And so if they do want to meet other creatives because we've hosted meetups in the past as well in toronto um so that was fun as well and so like i want to continue to do more events um i would definitely say we've only done a few meetups um, and I just think those are, like, really awesome events because you're able to meet other creators. Um, and just for myself, as someone who is running the business, it's great because I get so much content for social media, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so when I host these meetups, like, I literally am still using content from a meetup we had last November. Oh, wow. And I haven't even gone through all the content. And then you can recreate content, like, just on the business side of it. You could like, recreate content and it looks completely different and you yeah. could use it again. And it just has a, such a different feel to it. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I want to definitely host more events that bring together creatives. I also want to start doing events that merge more of the business and legal side of Rumble. Because like I said, Rumble does have that aspect of the the law and business and how to monitor that as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, because I find sometimes, like a lot of the creators I've spoken to... They have all these like really great ideas and they jump right into them. And it's really hard to think about the legal issues that can arise when you're starting a business. You don't know what you don't know. No, you don't know. So that's why Rumble, even like Rumble's never meant to give like legal advice. Like if you need advice, you go to a lawyer. Yeah. Um but even just knowing like, oh, trademarks are a thing, or as a musician, you get copyright, right? Mm -hmm. Like just
0: knowing that. Even like yeah, just like basic stuff. Because there's a lot of people out there that don't even know that. And like at one point I was one of those people too, and like through my journeys, I've gotten a little bit of advice and like I've been forced to speak to lawyers about certain things. and mm-hmm. like, But, like, also at the end of the day, too, if you're a startup, like, you don't have $1,000 to hard. call a lawyer and talk to them on the phone for and 20 that's minutes. that's the other like,
1: thing, too. Like, I think with Rumble, what I eventually want to do with it is I want to make information into those types of issues more readily available to startups um, and starting entrepreneurs um, in Toronto and Canada at large. Um, that's definitely one of my main goals. Um, like, I don't really see Rumble as something that I want to, like, Um, like it's great to monetize from any type of like side business um, but more than that I see it as something that's just more of a community platform Mm -hmm. to provide opportunities to um, modern entrepreneurs Um, and so eventually like I do want to make those types of resources more available Um, I want to be able to put on events like panels with like designers musicians creatives and then maybe like through a lawyer or like a marketing expert in the mix too because that creates a really dynamic and interesting conversation very yeah um so events like that um and i mean even just generally like on the law side like you said it's so hard to get if you're like starting up it's hard to hire a lawyer and be able to afford lawyer fees sometimes um so even just providing um Resources like I know through Osgood, there is IP Osgood, which is like a fantastic program, they have an innovation clinic. And you're able to sign up. um, And if you get approved to the clinic, you actually are able to work with lawyers and law students. um, And it's on like a very low fee. Like it's nothing compared to if you actually had to go outsource a lawyer. Mm. Um, So there are so many like small um, clinics and just opportunities that people just don't know about.
0: Yeah. Like entrepreneurs don't know
1: about them. So having a platform to kind of showcase and, and tell people what exists, that's also definitely something that I mm-hmm. want to look forward to doing
0: nice yeah Yeah, it's really cool and you know what else too like just how you said you're like the goal like necessarily isn't really to monetize. but I feel like having that goal there's going to be some type of like weird way to monetize without you even expecting it like I think yeah. something like that that's also still so new like an, an opportunity to will show its face to you versus like you chasing something oh new yeah and
1: I've already had like opportunities to monetize from rumble um oh, and like great. pursue various like um, opportunities. Um, I think for right now, because we do want to focus more on um, kind of showcasing Canadian startup talent, um, we're not going that route yet. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I've already seen it. Like, I've already, I know there are so many different opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, who knows
0: what will happen in the future? That's amazing. Yeah. I love how you are so um, relatable, but then, like at the same time, you're also doing like. 1000 things you're like such an like i i I see you as such an entrepreneur like i know you're you're more like law um root like working for a law firm but like Mm -hmm. i still see so much entrepreneurialism Mm -hmm. in you and you're just an unbelievable uh energy and like such a (laughs) go-getter like i love um i love hearing you speak and i love seeing what you're up to um and of course i've been a big supporter of rumbles i remember when when you first followed me on instagram like i guess from the account I I was like, what's this? And then I I looked into it for two seconds and I realized it was yours. And I was like, I remember where I was actually, which is so (laughs) weird. I was in my condo and I was like, yes, like I'm so happy to see this because I love I love seeing um, people such as yourself doing those types of things because it is hard and people have ideas all day and not a lot of people actually execute and then not a lot of Mm -hmm. people stick with it yeah um and so to see you like start a year ago and you know you're going with like i see your updates all the time like it's just really really great so um so congratulations on everything thank you and like all while becoming a lawyer that's just insane (laughs) like i feel like anything i'm doing is like not enough no i'm kidding Um, Okay, I want to ask you uh, about your favorite footwear. Yeah. What did you bring today?
1: So I brought a pair of white platform sneakers. Which I'm obsessed with. They're so nice. Yeah, they're amazing. But just as a disclaimer, (laughs) disclaimer, um, I don't really wear sneakers. So these are literally the only pair of sneakers I have. I have these and then I have like a pair of running shoes that I would never wear out just because I wear them
0: to the gym. Yeah, yeah. They're my
1: gym shoes, right? So these are the only sneakers I have. I don't wear... I wear heels all the time just because of where I work and and what I do. I'm always
0: in heels. Or like cute loafers like you have on (laughs) Yeah. So I'm
1: always wearing something that's a bit more dressed up. But I actually went on a Europe trip this summer and I realized I have no shoes that I actually walk around Europe in. And I mean, these aren't that conventional for (laughs) for running shoes. I don't know why I walk around Europe But I did actually like... Climb a volcano in Santorini in these shoes wow, so i wouldn't recommend like, definitely <laughs> if you're not used to wearing heels, do not wear these shoes to climb a volcano um, but i they're honestly my favorite shoes for like a lot of reasons um, so I mean they 're a bit unconventional, and I think that's kind of just the journey that i've been on has been a bit unconventional, being in law and then being mm. in various like creative industries and trying to merge the two um so I definitely think that as much as um I mean and they look great with every outfit yeah
0: they really scale up anything you're wearing it's white sneakers and especially white platform sneakers are like just untouchable yeah Um, Okay, that's amazing. And uh, you did give advice a lot uh, throughout the podcast, but if you could have like one piece of advice for somebody that would be walking a similar path to yours, what would you tell Mm, them?
1: I don't know. That's hard. I mean, on the entrepreneurial side, um, I would say definitely if you are planning on starting something... um, really know what you want to do but you want to get out of it and then just keep pushing um because I've started a lot of different things and sometimes like Unprecedentedly Chic for example it didn't continue but it evolved for me into something that is so much better and I love doing so so much so you could start um on your journey on your entrepreneurial journey thinking you're going to do one thing um and then it could turn into something totally and completely different and that's fine that's still you know, it's still worth it to start, even if you're doing something completely different, because it will still give you the um, the the skills and just the um, network and connections mm-hmm. that you need to grow it into something more. Um, I mean, on the legal side of it, it was always a bit hard for me to juggle, like, my studies as well as, like, everything else that I wanted to do. Um, and I wouldn't say it was easy to kind of merge the two. Um, like, even when I was applying or looking for jobs, um, I was... Well, a lot of people told me, like a lot of mentors told me it was much better suited for just business law, um, something that was more formal, traditional, because I studied at Shulick, I studied business, so I am the perfect fit for that. But I didn't really want to do just general, traditional business law. I wanted to do something more in the creative industry, something that focused a bit more on intellectual property. Um, so in getting to that, it, wasn't, it definitely wasn't easy, um, but I just kept pursuing my interests, and like I started Rumble and I started other things and that ended up giving me like, I guess, more of a, a competitive edge and really showed that I wanted to do something in those industries and then it ended up all working out. So I think whether you're on the entrepreneurial or the legal side of it and you have an idea that's may seem a bit crazy to everyone else, um, there's always an opportunity if you really, really want it. Just
0: do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, guys, that's it for this episode. So uh, I always appreciate you guys. Appreciate. Oh my god, I can't speak. To it. <laughs> I always appreciate you guys so much, uh, listening and following me on Instagram and engaging with the podcast. I hope you guys are really enjoying it. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you want to give this a five star rating, I would love <laughs> you for that. Um, you can follow Alessia at uh, on Instagram. Also, guys, at Rumble Magazine. So it's just R U M B L E in the Magazine. Um, and then she also has her personal account as well. Uh, which basically the Rumble Magazine account is like a gateway to like all of You'll her things me. that she's doing. Yeah. Um, and seriously, I would actually I would actually go and follow it because it's really interesting, like valuable content, um, and like cool stuff. Like you find, you know, new things going on, new music, new artists. Uh, it's really, really, it's a really cool. Uh, platform. Um, of course you can follow the podcast at coming up in my sneakers. Um, and that's it guys. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week or I'll, I'll hear you. I'll listen with you next week. (laughs) Um, so don't get caught wearing dirty sneakers. Bye.